service. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, are you guys proud dog owners like I am? You ever wonder why so many dogs are suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, you know Katherine Heigl from Knocked Up. She's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation. And she says that she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, Katherine feels that there's one place that we can all look to improve our dog's health, and that is their food. Many dog foods can actually create toxins that can be wrecking our dog's health. Okay, and this is true even for many of the premium dog food brands. However, by just adding a few special superfoods to our dog's diets, we can see huge transformations in their health. Katherine Heigl has already done this. She's made a video about it. You guys need to watch this video. It's a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for my dog, Dusty. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin, uh, healthier coat. Dusty's coat looks fantastic. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash disgraceland and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash disgraceland. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Yo, good morning and happy Monday, Discos. Welcome to our weekly advanced mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly, the place for us to set the table for everything we're going to be discussing and listening to this week, specifically this week's release. New episodes on the RZA and Raekwon of Wu-Tang Clan coming tomorrow and Thursday, respectively, as well as any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, this is where we start the conversation that we continue over voicemail tech, social media, and in our Thursday bonus episodes. All right, this week's episode, starting tomorrow, season 13 of Disgraceland, our first serialized season ever, all about Wu-Tang Clan. The first episode drops in your feeds tomorrow. It's all about the RZA. 
uh, about his days as a kid growing up in New York, going to see kung fu films at the Deuce in Times Square, slinging weed to day traders over on Wall Street, how a shooting in Ohio found him fighting for his life. And then on Thursday, episode two of our Wu-Tang Saga drops this one on Raekwon. We're doing these episodes twice a week because this is a serialized season. This is one group Wu-Tang Clan told over an entire season, 10 episodes. We're dedicating one episode per member of the group, and we are running these two times per week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, okay? So uh, we do this number one song bit in the full episodes, and we do them here in the bonus episodes as well, just in uh, in real time. So the number one song in America right now, as of the writing of this episode, for the second week in a row, incredibly, Rich Men North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony Music. I did mention last week that it marks the first time an artist with no previous Billboard chart history has debuted at number one on the Hot 100. That is just incredible. But it's also the first song that Oliver Anthony ever recorded professionally. And it's the third time in chart history that an unsigned artist has had a number one single. If you are a fan of DIY music, if you are a fan of punk rock music, if you are a fan of independent music, then you have to be a fan of what this song is doing, regardless of whether you like the song or not. This is a complete disruption to the paradigm of the music industry and I love when this shit happens okay the first person to ever do this I didn't know this until I just just right now it was the first person to ever do this was Lisa Loeb incredibly in 1994 with that song stay I missed you that's the one you say that thing there which is crazy see now I have a whole new respect for that song that I couldn't give a shit about before uh I this this one sounds a little bit more familiar but still I didn't know this uh this happened again with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis in 2013 with two songs. Two songs. It's incredible. Can't hold us in thrift shop, but I digress. I didn't know they had two number one hits. That's crazy. All right, let's get into it real quick here with your emails. Start this week off right talking to you guys. All right, this email comes from Jessica O'Brien. Subject, recent Metallica slash Pantera concert in LA. Fucking great, exclamation point. Message, Jake, exclamation point. My husband and I attended the two-day Metallica concert in LA this past weekend, and Pantera opened on the first day, and it was amazing, all caps. 15-year-old girl and me had a fantastic time watching Pantera and loved the tribute to Dimebag Daryl. They did him justice and brought down the house, and I highly suggest them if they are in your area. Question, why have you not done an episode on Metallica. They have a torrid history throughout the 80s. Their concert in Russia in 1991 where 1,050 people died. Their transition to sobriety and shunning by the metal scene to their newfound fans and shows in their 60s. 42 years of rocking is nothing to diminish. They'd make a great episode. I'm a loyal fan and recommend all of your content. I love the show. Rockarola. Jessica O'Brien from the 661. Well, Jessica, truth be told, I've been working on a Metallica-related project with a friend for a long time now. I love the band. I have uh, ever since I first heard Ride the Lightning, which wasn't too long after it was released, way back in the day, not trying to date myself, I saw Metallica on the Injustice for All tour. Uh, I snuck down into the third row at the Worcester Centrum. It was fucking epic. It resulted in me having to run away from home for two weeks. True story. Uh, but that's a whole other thing. Anyways, um, I love the band. And I love what they're doing right now. And I almost went to one of those shows in LA. I, I had it teed up with a friend. I was going to fly out and go to it. But um, 
I didn't go for other reasons that I'm not going to get into here. I do want to see them on this tour. I love this in the round thing that they're doing. I've been watching all the clips online. Um, I'm, I'm loving everything I'm seeing. I'm happy to see that the band is thriving, especially James Hetfield. Uh, just they're, they're a wonder, man. It's when you think of like, I feel like we don't give Metallica the proper perspective that they deserve. And we don't, we don't hold them in, uh, in the proper context of music history to watch what they're doing. They are still, they're not just relevant. They're wildly relevant for being as old as they are. Um, and having been around for so long. And I don't mean like old people can't be relevant. I mean, they've been doing this for a really fucking long time always at the highest level possible. And they're still, still, still at the head of the cultural zeitgeist, which is just amazing. Someday, Jessica, there will be a Metallica episode. And uh, if you hang on with us here in Disgraceland long enough, you might get something else Metallica related as well. All right. This one comes from John Tejera says, Gangstar, best rap group, 90s golden age of hip hop. I feel like, John, before I even read your email here, I just want to say, I feel like I get a a gangstar message or DM or email or phone call or something every, uh, every freaking week. I feel like I'm reading something and I know I have to get into it. Uh, just going to say that before I read the message, I'm going to go ahead and read it here. It says, Hey Jake, I'm your numero uno fan. And this week a listener mentioned gangstar. Yeah, here you go. So you're on it. You're right. You know, John, you know that I'm getting hit up about gangstar. Uh, a listener mentioned gangstar as one of the best hip hop groups. I wholeheartedly agree. Check them out and easy with that switchblade tough guy. I don't know what that's a uh, reference to. I don't have a switchblade. I've never had a switchblade. Um, I do have a great knife, though. Uh, this one is from, um, I'm going to try to get this last name right. Christina Salcaccioli. 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 I have no idea. Christina S. writes in, subject, actors portraying other famous people. This is a topic we have uh, on Badlands. Uh, oh, and this is a good one. Christina's dead on with this one. Hey, Jake, love the podcast. I'm thinking Sissy Spacek and Coal Miner's daughter was amazing. You're right, she was. Saw it when I was a kid. The story was so compelling. She was great. And then, uh, Christina, this is where you're really correct. And how about Jamie Foxx and Ray? I didn't think Jamie Foxx had the depth to do it, but he did a great job. Thanks, Christina. Christina, I think you're totally right. Jamie Foxx and Ray Charles, I think you won an Oscar for that. Uh, just incredible. Also, Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison, also incredible. Um, I want to hear a little funny, quick Jamie Foxx story here. So my barber, Andrew from Seaport Barbers in uh, Boston, Mass, down the Seaport. Go see Andrew. Tell him Jake sent you. Uh, I've been going to him for years. Andrew's job before he was a barber was he was part of Prince's security team. So he has all these amazing stories. This this one's pretty tame. And it, it goes back. It was right around the time where Jamie Foxx was huge. So I'm guessing it was around, not that he's not huge now, he still is. But I'm guessing it was right around the time of Ray, uh, which was what? late 90s, early, two, early 2000s, something like that. Uh, and Andrew's working Prince's security and Prince rents a home in the Hollywood Hills, if memory serves correct. And he has this, he's having a rager and he's invited all these actors. And Andrew has to watch the door with a couple other guys. And they had the list. Prince, his instructions to Andrew and the rest of the security team were, uh, no matter what, do not let Jamie Foxx into Prince's party. So of course, Jamie Foxx, <laughs> Turns up, and Andrew can't let him in. <laughs> and it was the whole, do you know who I fucking am? All that. 
just awkward and uh, hysterical. And I never ended up hearing why Prince didn't want Jamie Foxx there. But every time I see Jamie Foxx, now I think about that. I think Jamie Foxx is incredible. Prince, I don't up there in heaven, man. I don't know what you were thinking. I don't know what your beef is with Jamie Foxx, but I hope to someday find out. This email comes from Travis Holland. Says, uh, big fan. Uh, do you have any Disgraceland shirts or stickers that I could purchase? Well, we have them. They're just in my garage, and I need to get them in the merch uh, store up online, but I have not done that and I will. I need to order more pins. This email comes from Kenny Davis. Hey Jake, it's Kenny from the 614. Long time listener and fan. Have you ever thought about doing an episode on the 13 floor elevators they wrote and recorded under the influence of LSD, DMT, or any psychedelic drug they could get a hold of? They were also the first band to use the term psychedelic rock as well. I can't remember the episode, but you name drop Rocky or Rocky in the band. I can I don't know what it is. It's Rocky, right? Rocky Erickson and the band. Uh, thanks and Rockarola, Rocky Rolla. Um, yeah, I have thought about it. I got close this year, actually. I got into researching it. I was going to do a live thing down in Austin, and I thought doing something on the 13th floor uh, elevators would be a good look for a live show down in Austin. But alas, the show did not come to be. But I did get into the research, and that means there will be an episode at some point point. All right. You know how to email me disgracelandpod at gmail.com. Hit me up with whatever you like. All right. I'm here for it. We answer them here in these Monday mini episodes. Time to shift gears and get into some Disgraceland subject history. It's September 7th this week. Okay. This is a big day in Disgraceland. Okay. On September 7th in 1978, Keith Moon, drummer for the Who, died of an overdose of, let's see if I can say this correctly, Everin. Hemineverin, uh, whoever's mixing this episode, don't ask me to punch this and pronounce it correctly because I'm not going to. Um, I, I don't know what that drug... Oh, here we go. It's a prescription medication he was taking to fight alcoholism. I did know this. Keith was only 32 years old. Keith was also one of the greatest rock and roll drummers of all time. You all know this. I found these quotes to be interesting here. Uh, Pete Townsend said, after Pete died, he said, I tried everything. I tried giving him money. I tried starving him of money. I tried sending him into rehab. I tried sending him to a guru weirdo, voodoo doctors. I was obsessed with trying to keep Keith alive. It was quite clear that he was on a downward slide and there was very little I could do. This makes me sad, man. You know, it's one of those things... I, you know, these artists get, for lack of a better word, objectified by me. And there's a distance that I have when I'm writing about them. But oftentimes you come across a quote like this one here from Pete Townsend. It's just, it's just sad to think of trying to keep your friend alive. Like, you know, he's dying to doing whatever you can do. And then it doesn't fucking work. Uh, we got into Keith Moon in previous season of The Who, season two of Disgraceland. You can check that out if you want. Um, okay, so also on September 7th in Disgraceland history, but not in 1978. Later in 1996, 18 years actually from the day that Keith Moon died, Tupac Shakur died, shot and killed, as we all know, by a mystery assailant. He was just 25 years old at the time, which is also kind of incredible to think of that he had done that much by just the age of 25. Uh, this was, and this still is, a crazy story, a tragedy in the midst of the whole East Coast, West Coast hip-hop beef that uh, was maybe just a thing the media cooked up to sell some papers, uh, but I digress. As I mentioned last week, recently the home of a gang member, Keith D, was raided in connection with Tupac's murder, and there are some reports out there suggesting that his arrest is imminent. 
So stay tuned on that one. If I hear anything, you'll be the first uh, to know about it. Uh, in the meantime, we've got a two-part episode on Tupac and Disgraceland, well as another episode on Tupac and Biggie. And of course, we have two episodes on Biggie Smalls that we just re-released into the feed from the archive. You can check those out. All right. Also, September 7th, uh, pertaining to hip-hop, uh, dead hip-hop stars. 2018, September 7th, Mac Miller died, also of an overdose, this time from counterfeit oxycodone pills laced with fentanyl. Uh, very sad, and if you heard our episode on Mac Miller, you know that the 26-year-old was on an upward swing creatively, making some of his best music, uh, best music of his career, and really broadening the vision and the style that he was putting forth. And just a few months before his tragic overdose, Mac nearly died when he's driving his car under the influence. We covered all this in our Disgraceland episode on Mac Miller, and we did it by getting inside of his head at the time, which was swirling with all both this good stuff and this bad stuff. Here's a, here's a clip. Check it out. Tonight, behind the wheel of his G-Wagon, Mac wasn't sure what was coming over him. Grief, regret, drunken waves of nausea. He sunk his foot deeper into the floor, and the car roared to life. It picked up speed, fast. The boulevard rushed past the window, one blurred memory after another. The engine hummed. Mac's mind raced. Ariana, Trump, Jay-Z. He kept his foot planted. The rush was reverse intoxicating. It almost made him feel sober. And then, it came at him. He couldn't say it came out of nowhere because it was there all along. It just got closer and closer with unprecedented speed until it was right in front of them, right on top of them. And then the car jumped the curb and crashed head on into a telephone pole. The front end crumpled, the airbags deployed. Mac's head was tossed like a rag doll and the telephone pole cracked and split. The G-Wagon sounded like it was frying under the hood. Mac opened the driver's door and stumbled out onto the sidewalk. He didn't even think about what he did next. There was a break in a nearby fence. He slipped through it, off into the night, and the G-Wagon smoldered behind him. He found his way back to his house on foot, where hours later, LAPD knocked on the door, put him in cuffs, and charged him with driving under the influence and a hit and run. He posted bail the next day, 15 grand, and then he went back to work. All right, to hear more about how Mac Miller was threatened by the most powerful man in the world and was rejected by some of the biggest tastemakers in the music industry or just in culture in general, make sure you go check out our episode from season 11 of Disgraceland. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be back in a flash. Okay, listen, if you're one of the few people out there who's new to podcasts, new to Disgraceland, new to true crime, if you have not already listened to the wildly popular and hysterically funny and informative podcast, My Favorite Murder, hosted by my friends Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark on the Exactly Right Network, then what are you waiting for? You got to check out My Favorite Murder in each episode. They're going to tell you stories about infamous serial killers, cold cases, incredible survivor stories. And listen, these guys are wildly popular for a reason. 
They have an incredible chemistry. They're hysterical. They're smart as all get up. And you're instantly going to feel like they're long lost friends. They've got great new episodes on the subjects I've already mentioned, but they've got this whole treasure trove of back episodes, including well-known stories from true crime and music history, like the deaths of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, the murder of pop singer Selena, and now the infamous story of the cocaine bear. I've known Karen and Georgia since the beginning of my sort of foray into podcasting. They've been heroes of mine. I was on their podcast in March of 2022 to share my hometown story about a prison break party that I attended in high school. Uh, And they told me it was one of their most popular episodes. So you can check that out as well. Listen to My Favorite Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. Brand new episodes drop every Thursday. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership and an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. All right, we are back and we are continuing to follow this ridiculous Lizzo story and the alleged allegations of sexual harassment. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole thing again here. Again, these are mini episodes, but I've been following this thread on these Monday pieces. Not a ton to update you on the story here as the recording of this uh, comes out. But the LA Times, however, is reporting that Lizzo has hired notorious Hollywood attorney Marty Singer, who was named Entertainment Lawyer of the Year from the Beverly Hills Bar Association. And the Times calls him Hollywood's favorite attack dog. This is a guy, okay, this is a guy who once described by Sharon Stone as, quote, like when Tyson bit off the ear of that guy. That's like Marty in law. Uh, Singer has represented John Travolta, Scarlett Johansson, Kevin Costner, Chris Brown, Johnny Depp, Britney Spears, Jim Carrey, Charlie Sheen. The list goes on and on and on and contains more than a few names familiar to Disgraceland and Badlands listeners. All right. LAPD recently raided the Chatsworth mansion of multi-platinum rapper Polo G. They were looking for his little brother, Trench Baby, also a rapper, and they found him. He was taken into custody in connection with a robbery. And during the search of the $4.9 million mansion and a car, cops also found an illegal short barrel rifle. And this all had to do with a robbery that happened earlier in August at a house in Granada Hills. You in twubble, Trench Baby. That's what it sounds like. I hope you're not robbing houses. Damn. 
All right, over in Germany, prosecutors have dropped an investigation into Ramstein singer. Am I saying that right, Ramstein? Uh, Till Lindemann, after several women accused him of sexual assault, German prosecutors said that the investigation did not provide any evidence to support the allegations and that there was, quote, little opportunity to substantiate the allegations sufficiently. The claims brought against Lindemann emerged through third parties, the press, and social media. Jesus, man. Uh, None of the alleged victims have contacted the police and the journalists. What a fucking mess this is. Who reported the stories have, uh, quote, invoked their right to not give evidence and protect their stories. These allegations against the singer of Duhast, these started back in May after a story from a 24-year-old fan went viral and led to other women coming forward to tell similar stories. What a mess, like I said, over in Germany. Elsewhere in the world, Iranian police arrest, this is fucked up, arrested pop singer, see if I pronounce this one right, Mehdi Yarahi, after he released a song protesting the Islamic Republic's law enforcing women to wear a headscarf or a hijab. The song in question is called Rosarito, which which translates to your headscarf in Farsi. And uh, in the song, the artist incorporates the slogan, women, life, freedom which was used by protesters last year following the suspicious death of a woman who was arrested for not wearing a headdress. Over on Twitter, or X as we're calling it now, uh, Yarahi, who is now facing legal proceedings, wrote, Don't cry, I am the nightmare of this judge. And all this makes me feel really good about living in this country where we still have free speech. Because this is fucked up. 617-906-6638 or at Pod on the socials. You guys hit me up with anything you want to talk about. I respond typically in Rap Party, which is the Badlands bonus episode, or the After Party, which is the Disgraceland bonus episode here in the Disgraceland feed. But because we are doing these two Wu-Tang Clan episodes per week uh, for the next 10 episodes of this Wu-Tang series. There will be no more after party over there for a month or so. I don't have the schedule in front of me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to answer your voicemails, your texts, your DMs. I'm going to do some of them here in these uh, mini episodes on Monday. Okay, so I'm still here, 617-906-6638. Also, as always, at Pod on the socials. So let's wrap this advanced mini episode up now that we set the week for us here in Disgraceland. Number one, get ready for two brand new episodes hitting your feed this week in Disgraceland. The RZA tomorrow and Raekwon on Thursday. Number two, I've got questions and I'm looking for answers. 617-906-6638. I want to know what's on your mind. Give me your thoughts on the new Wu-Tang episodes. Uh, Any thoughts on Lizzo? Any thoughts on anything going on in the world of true crime and music? Just Disgraceland in general. Uh, Email me, disgracelandpod at gmail.com. Come hit me discos. All right, Disgraceland, two episodes this week, Tuesday and Thursday, The Rizza and Raekwon. All right, we'll be back on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick your week off. I am out of here, but to land this plane, I am going to read to you the Billboard charts from the week of September 2nd, 1978, the last week that Keith Moon of The Who spent on this earth. Number one, Greece, Frankie Valley. Last week, one. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 15. Number two, three times a lady. Last week, two. Peak position, one. 
Weeks on Chur, 12. Number 3, Boogie Oogie Oogie, A Taste of Honey, last week, 4. Peak Position, 3. Weeks on Chur, 11. Number 4, Hot Blooded, Foreign, last week, A Taste of Honey, Peak Position, 4. Peak Position, 3. Ten. Weeks on Number five. Hopelessly Brand devoted to you. Last week. Olivia Newton-John. Peak position. Last week. One. Seven. Weeks on Peak Peak position. Five. Four. Weeks on chart. Three times. Ten. Number six. Miss position. Rolling Stones. Last week. Three. Peak position. One. Weeks on chart. Fifteen. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.